Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. How many feels good tonight? Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. Almighty God. Mighty God. I'm glad to know who Jesus is. I'm glad to know who Jesus is. He's still the Alpha and the Omega. He's still the beginning and the end. He's still He which was and is and is to come. The Almighty God. Amen. Woo. Glory. Mark chapter number 5, verse number 25. The Bible says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes. That's powerful. I shall be whole. I'd like for everybody in this congregation tonight that has a problem that you are facing to lift your hands to the Lord right now and ask God to minister to that problem and that need by the way of the Word. In Jesus' name, God... We magnify you right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we're binding every ailment and disease in Jesus' name. Loose your healing upon this congregation tonight. Let your miraculous power be loosed in this house. And follow us as we depart in Jesus' name. Lord, we'll praise you for it. We'll praise you for it. We praise you for it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, smack your neighbor a high five tonight. You can be seated. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight on this subject. Hanging by a thread. Hanging by a thread. The verses in Mark chapter 5 are some familiar verses of Scripture concerning the woman with the issue of blood. We know according to the scripture, that her illness occurred over a span of 12 years. And yet, at this moment in time that we read about, she continues to worsen in her condition. After spending much time and possibly much money on one doctor after the other, a cure has not been found. She's still in the same ailment now that she was 12 years ago when this trial began, except now she finds herself worse. Somewhere, somehow, she heard of this man named Jesus. And whatever she had been told, whatever she had heard, must have been pretty good because she knew that all she needed to do somehow was touch him. She wasn't requesting an audience with him. She didn't feel as though she had to get into the throne room. She wasn't requesting that she have a conversation with him. 
She wasn't asking him to lay hands on her. She wasn't asking anything of him other than the opportunity, whether he was aware of it or not, to touch his clothes. And the Bible tells us that she knew that if she was able to touch his clothes, that she would be made whole. Mark records it as his clothes. Matthew records it as the hem of his garment. Luke calls it the border of his garment. Call it whatever you want to. All she wanted to do was touch him. In the Old Testament times, the border of the garment was called the hem. There was an outer robe that was worn that had four corners. Two in the front, two in the back. The corners were decorated with tassels or fringes that hung down off of each other. In these tassels were two different colors of thread. There was a white thread which represented purity. And there was also a blue thread which represented the commandments of the Lord. In Numbers chapter 15 and verse number 38 the Bible says, Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes on the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue, and it shall be unto you for a fringe that you may look upon it. That's the hymn, the fringe. And remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them, and that you seek not after your own heart or your own eyes, after which you used to go a whoring. The blue symbolized the heavenly origin of God's law. There were 613 laws given by God to the children of Israel. We call them the Mosaic laws because they were given under uh, the, the, the reign, if you will, the, the pastoring or the shepherding of the man Moses. When the people would see the blue ribbons on the priestly garment, it was to be a reminder to them that when they saw blue hanging off the priest's garment, that there's 613 laws that I am supposed to follow in order to follow God. Aren't you glad for grace tonight? I'm glad we don't have 613 laws. I'm thankful tonight for grace that we can come to Him by prayer. Amen. That's not in my message tonight. It just kind of hit me. I'm glad for grace. Uh, we struggle enough with grace, much less having to abide by 613 laws. Amen. In the New Testament times, the Jews wore a garment similar in nature but smaller in size. It's called the talit or the prayer shawl. You've heard it preached on over the years if you've been here any length of time. The hem was the tassels or fringes again on the bottom of the talit or the prayer shawl. The hem is known in Hebrew as the zitzit. The ribbons of blue were located within this hem. There is more significance to this blue than meets the eye. The blue is a blue dye that is taken from the murex snail. The murex snail has a gland in it that produces this particular blue dye. To obtain the dye, they would break off the shell of the snail and extract the dye from the gland that was located underneath the shell. It would take 30 murex snails to produce enough blue dye for one prayer shawl. Now, that's a very special process for a very special purpose. 
And it was, the purpose was to remember God's law and to remember God's covenant. Let's take it another step deeper tonight. You've heard the term over the years, and it might be new to you this evening, but it's called gematria. It's the use of mathematics to define biblical words by assigning numerical values. In this mathematical system, the zitzit, or the hymn of the prayer shawl, has a numerical value of 600. There are eight strands hanging off of it. Each of those strands has five knots interwoven with white and blue ribbons. If you add 600 plus 8 plus 5, you come to 613. So not only were there 613 laws given by God, but also the, the exact representation of the prayer shawl, even in its own sense, represents the number 613. Not by accident. God's design is always on purpose. Somebody say that's powerful. A study was conducted by Belgian scientists on the blue dye that was taken from the Murex snail. The premise of the study was on how our eyes perceive the color of the blue dye. We know that light is made up of many colors. And you learn in grade school that they call it the spectrum. And, and the measurement of light in the spectrum is determined and measured by nanometers. Ultimately, the color that you see is determined entirely on how your eyes see the reflection of light. How light is absorbed even into the color itself. For example, when you see all of the colors of the spectrum except blue, you see it as the color gold. Because the color gold absorbs blue, but it reflects everything else. This molecule inside the snail is called indigodin. If you're thinking about your 64-pack of Crayolas, you've got indigo, which is in the blue family. You've got the indigotin molecule found inside the Murex snail. Gets its color from an absorption rate in nanometers of 613 nanometers. So now we've got this prayer shawl that the priest would wear. They've got a hymn dangling from the bottom that has blue on it that tells us that we need to remember God's law. And in it we've got 613 laws given by God. In the hymn we've got the numerical representation of 613. And not only that, but the color blue is comprised of a measurement of 613. God's design is not by accident. No wonder God wanted the color to be blue. No wonder God had this exact design for this prayer shawl. No wonder God wanted his people to see this particular hue of color when they would look at the priest and see the remembrance of his law. And, and because the Bible declared in Numbers that he not only wanted them to remember the law, he wanted them to do the law. So in this remembrance, Sister Angie Craig, he wanted it to be powerful enough that when they saw the reminder, that the reminder would stoke some fire within their spirit that, hey, I remember that, I better go to it. God's design is not that we just simply remember his law. He wants us practicing his law every day. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
It's no wonder tonight that God wanted this particular blue because there was power in the hymn. The woman with the issue of blood knew what to touch. She said, if I may but touch his clothes. Matthew called it a hymn. If I can just touch his clothes, if I can just touch his hymn, if I could just touch the border of his garment, I don't need to talk to him. I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need him to say hello. I just need to get close enough to touch his hymn, to reach out to his clothing. And if I can just get close enough, I'll be made whole. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'll be made whole. Whole in this statement comes from the Greek word sozo, which means to save, deliver, protect, and preserve. That's pretty good. I can think tonight that if I wanted to be made whole, I'd like to be saved. I'd like to be delivered. Anybody got anything you'd like to be delivered from tonight? I'd like to be delivered. I'd like to be protected. I'd like to be preserved. In verse number 34 of our opening book and chapter, the Bible says that Jesus says, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Uh, Brother Brother Andy, just just hold that verse there for just a few moments. One of the first things I want to point out to you tonight is that Jesus tells her, Thy faith. We've really got to stop and pause here in this story because this is a kindergarten story. This is a, uh, what do you call those classes that they have in Sunday school for that age group? Primary. This This is kind of a primary class lesson. So if we're not careful, we'll glaze over it because we've heard it all of our life. And it'll be almost like Psalm 23. It just don't have the meaning that it used to. Because we've heard it forever and ever and ever and ever. But Jesus says, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Jesus didn't heal her. Yeah, it was the virtue out of his body. I get that. But Jesus did not point his finger at her and say, hey, you're healed. He did not say, hey, come to me. In this instance, now there were plenty of other instances he said, go. There were other times that he said, come here and let me spit on you. That's a message for another hour. That man walked away with vision. That didn't happen in this story. In this story, Jesus did not consciously do any now I've got to imagine if our if our imagination is running wild tonight, I understand that probably because we know that he was both God in the flesh, Jesus as man and God at the same time, he might have known she was sneaking up behind him. I've got to imagine that that's possible, that while he's standing there and everybody's just tapping him on the elbow and saying, hey, Jesus, hey, man, hey, dude, how's it going? Thank you. Thank you for coming and just pushing around all over him. 
I've got to imagine somewhere in his infinite godlike mentality, he probably kind of had an x-ray snapshot that she's kind of, you know how they have the, the night vision on the snipers? You know, in his mind, probably she's sneaking up on him, Brother Terry. He probably knew in his godness that she was coming, but in his humanity, he did absolutely zero to help this woman get healed. Why was she healed? Because she believed. It wasn't anything he did. It was her faith. It was her faith. It was her faith. It was her action that caused her faith to be real. In his humanity, he did absolutely nothing for her healing, but it was her faith. Now let's break it down a little farther. He said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Somebody shout whole. This whole is the Greek sozo. Now, you don't have to memorize that word, but I'm only using it tonight because you'll find out in a minute. The Greek sozo, which means save, deliver, protect, preserve. It sounds like a good fireman's creed or a policeman's creed. Save, defend, preserve. Everybody feeling strong already? Sozo hath made thee saved, delivered, protected, and preserved. Now, he continues on to say, go in peace and be whole. Look at your neighbor and say whole. Look at him again and say, I want that whole. Now let me tell you why. Because in the Greek translation, a different word was used here. Whole has a brand new meaning now. Now we've got a different Greek translation than just save, deliver, protect, and preserve. Now the Greek word, instead of sozo, it's hugies. And again, you don't have to remember that. You don't even have to go home and internet check it to make sure I pronounced it right, because I really don't know. But it felt good. But now it's got a different word. And the meaning takes on a new spectrum in life. Before this statement, she was saved. Before now, in this statement, she was preserved. And she was protected and she was delivered. But now, something else has happened. Now whole now means to be healthy and to be well in body. But not only in the physical man. Now, hugies, by translation, means to be healthy, well in body, and sound and true in your doctrine. Ladies and gentlemen, the God we serve is more interested in your spirit man than he is your physical body. I don't know if he's ever going to heal me again, but if I could just touch the hem of his garment and keep my salvation whole, I'll be able to see heaven. Bishop, I may have ailment after ailment. I may have a thorn like the Apostle Paul that never goes away, but if somehow my spirit man can be right. Let, let me preach to somebody tonight. We've got people with ailments. I'm not making light of your ailment because I know God is a healer. And I know God can heal right this very minute. And if he chooses to, by virtue of his power, nothing has to happen. 
God's virtue can be poured about on you at the pew where you're sitting. And angels can minister to your body. And healing can begin to take place. And the miraculous can occur. I've seen the dead raised in church. I've seen blind eyes open in church. I've seen cripples walk in with a walker and walk out on their own two feet. God can do whatever he wants to, ladies and gentlemen. But what I want to preach to this congregation is this. That before we worry about our physical man, we need to worry a whole lot more about being sound in doctrine. About being true in doctrine. I've got to be right in the word I want to be right in the Holy Ghost I want to be right in my walk with God God's more concerned about your eternal well being than he is your time on this earth somebody shout that's power so now Hugies means healthy, well in body. See, he didn't leave it out. But if you're going to go from the step, whoo, my God. If you're going to go from thy faith has made thee whole to be whole of thy plague, there's got to be a change. Whoo. I feel the Spirit revealing something right now. Your faith is only going to take you so far before you have to act on something. He said, thy faith has made thee whole. That faith has brought you to the point to where you're saved, delivered, protected, and preserved. But your faith isn't going to take you any farther until you're sound in doctrine. Your faith isn't going to take you any farther until you're true in the truth of the doctrine of the Word of God. That means that there's an action required of us that we must do something. When she touched him, when she touched the hem of his garment, she received more than just a physical healing. She received something spiritual. She received something that would carry her on her roughest day. She received something that when she wasn't getting her healing, that she would still hold on to her faith. She receives something that when she's in pain that she's still going to believe. She receives something that when the world turns against her she's still going to hold on to the belief that he can. She receives something that would make her life different. She receives something that would make her whole. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. She receives something that would cause her to come to church on a Sunday night and leave different than she was when she arrived. Why? Because she got something that would take her from faith to action. Oh God. Let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. Somebody call on his name. Somebody call on his name. Hallelujah. She received something. That took her farther than just her physical need. Physical needs are important. Physical needs are relevant. Physical needs will stop you from doing some spiritual things. He didn't disconnect the two. But he did establish a priority order. That faith, once it has made you whole, doctrine has got to deliver you. 
You can't walk away from truth just because you're healed. You can't, you can't get away from doctrine just because you're healed. Getting healed and walking out is not what he's looking for. Because before she was whole of her plague. Look at this now. He says, thy faith have made thee whole. That's a limited whole. She might have been saved in the moment. But she wasn't delivered forever. If you want delivered forever, you've got to be sound in what you believe. You've got to be sound in doctrine. You should be, let, let me say it this way because this is what's in my spirit right now. You should be so sound in doctrine that if we get up here and preach any other way, if we were to get up here tonight and preach to you that there's two gods, if Bishop was to get up here tonight and preach that there's three gods, now, in case you're listening by way of the internet at a later date, that is just an example. If we were to get up here and preach that holiness is no longer necessary, if we were to get up here tonight and preach you can talk however you want to, do whatever you want to, go wherever you want to, you ought to have so much Holy Ghost and be founded on your doctrine so solid that you walk out and find you another church. Let me tell you what's happening though. And it's happening today. There are preachers that I know that are getting up behind pulpits and they're saying this is no longer necessary. There are people that are friends of my family. Bishop, we've spent time with them. Been in camp meetings with them. Pastor can edit the message later if he feels like he needs to. I just want to preach. We've been in camp meetings with them. These people have meant something to us. And now they're getting up in their pulpits and they're saying, it's not necessary. They're changing their doctrine. They're changing their message. They're changing their appearance. They're changing the foundation. And their congregations following them every step. This is not a denominal assembly where that we admonish you not to look. This is not a denominal assembly where that we admonish you not to read. We want you to know. We want you to reaffirm that what you're being told is the truth. Because you've got to make it to heaven for yourself. We might stand in the gap in prayer, but we're not standing in the gap on judgment day. On judgment day, it's all every man for himself. It's every woman for herself. And only what you do for Christ will last. It's not what Bishop did. It's not what Pastor did. It's not what I did. It's not what you did as a, as a body. You've got to make it, everybody shout me. You've got to make it for yourself. 
So she received something. That was spiritual. He said, be whole. Hugies. Be healthy, well in body and sound and true in doctrine. Be sound and true in doctrine of thy plague. Behold. We turn over to the book of Acts chapter number 4. We see it recorded in verse number 9, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole. Somebody shout whole. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you. Somebody shout it, ho! Ho. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. A very popular verse among our ranks, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Whole, in verse number 9, if you could go back to that verse. Whole, as this verse is closed, what it, by what means he is made whole. Sozo, in the Greek interpretation, to save, deliver, protect, and preserve. Verse number 10, whole, is hugies, to be healthy, sound, and true in doctrine. Verse number 12, get this now, the word save. Is sozo. The word saved there is the same word that was used for the word whole to save, deliver, protect, and preserve. Ladies and gentlemen, there is power in the hymn. There is power in the word of God. God's word will not return void. There is power. Somebody shout power. Stand with me tonight. There is power. If something, if something is hanging by a thread, the phraseology means that something is ready to fall apart. You, you, you can see the illustration. If something is hanging by a thread, I, I, I won't go into extreme detail on where the statement even originated, because uh, I, I don't want to take time for that tonight. But if you're hanging by a thread, if you're here tonight and you feel like you're just simply hanging by a thread, perhaps life has not been kind. Perhaps situations and circumstances have taken their toll on you. Mental anguish, stress, and anxiety have taken their toll. You, you feel like you can just barely hang on. At any moment, the thread that you're hanging on to is going to break. I've got good news for you tonight. Just keep hanging on. Because while it may only feel like it's a thread, there's power in the thread. There's power in the thread. There's power in the hymn. There's power in the garment. 
We, we, we might call it a thread or might we call it a hymn? It may only be a hymn, but there's power in the hymn. Now, now wait a minute. There's more. The statement hanging by a thread has a dual meaning. It not only means something that is about to fall apart. It has a secondary definition. And the additional definition and point to make by this statement is when something is hanging by a thread that the situation can change at any moment. Brother Mason, I'm hanging by a thread. That's all right. Not only is there power in the thread, but that situation can change any moment. If you're hanging by a thread, just keep hanging on. Not only is there power in the hymn that you're hanging, but that little hymn screaming out tonight, you might be swinging your life, shouting out to you tonight, keep hanging, because it can all change at any moment. Because there's still power in the hymn. This altar's open. Why don't we gather around? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.